Okay, hello everybody. Today is the last episode for our podcast, and we're going to be talking about the last few chapters of the book tonight and the overall summary. All right, so starting off is um, chapter six. I read that, um, you know, after chapter five, all the prisoners were marching and all the SS were yelling at them to run faster and faster. And um, he couldn't feel like he couldn't run any faster because of how malnourished and how underslept he was. And I I think that shows... um, That shows how um, cruel it was in the in the final stages of the Holocaust, and how um, it, they weren't considered um, concentration camps, and instead they were death camps now, just killing everyone that they could as fast as they could. Yeah, I agree, and it shows how uh, how bad the situation is at this point. Uh, I have a quote here from page 98 in my copy of the book. Um, It says, quote, Our minds numb with indifference. Here or elsewhere, what did it matter? Die today or tomorrow or later? The night was growing longer, never ending. So at this point, everyone is just waiting for death because they know that it's going to come at some point. And so he says, die today or later, it doesn't even matter. And I think that goes to show what you're just saying about how bad the situation was. Yeah, I feel like they almost all gave up, but, like, didn't at the same time, because if they wanted to die that bad, they would have just done something to get them killed. But they were, like, like slowly all losing hope, and they're all, they just didn't care anymore. Yeah, they were all running. No matter how much they wanted to die, they all were still running, because they still held on to, you know, to the scraps of hope. That they that they had left, and um, I read somewhere that ran into Rabbi Eliel. Is that how you say it? I think so. Yeah, um, they ran into the rabbi who was looking for his son, and um, I read that um, he tries to pray to God, which kind of surprised me because I thought that he'd given up all hope in God and everything related to faith but yeah in general it just surprised me that he he prayed just one more time for um the rabbi's son yeah that part was really sad and um impacting on the whole story yeah it also showed how much like each person there changed and how desperate they were in that situation as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I kind of want to go back to what you were talking about uh, with religion, like how he prayed, because I think that's a really interesting thing. And we've kind of been tracking it uh, as we've read and a little bit throughout the podcast. But um yeah, it's a really interesting thing to see, like how you were saying, how he changes throughout the book. So uh, I wrote a couple things down as I was reading that had to do with religion. So on page 66, let's see. So on page 66, he says, quote, what are you, my God? 
How do you compare to this stricken mass gathered to affirm to you their faith, their anger, their defiance? Uh, and so a little bit of context, that was on uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is a big Jewish holiday. And so everyone is praying, but at that point, he's just so done with it all that instead of praying, he's mad with God. Uh, and then on, is it the same page? Let me see. There's another quote. Uh, he says, essentially, if you cared about us, God, then you wouldn't have created Auschwitz and all these other concentration camps. Like, why are you doing this to us? And it's interesting to see how some people um, are still holding on to their faith, whereas others have completely lost it, I think. I think that is really interesting. In the last, I think, two chapters, he did state multiple times that he just would never forgive God and how angry he was at him. And like you said, we have been tracking it. And I think um, when that whole dinner happened was his like pushing point. He like had no faith in him anymore. Yeah. I feel like he essentially just gave up at that. Yeah. And going along with what, what, why it was saying on page 67 it like shows even more about how like angry he was and how upset he was and it says why but why would I bless him every fiber in me rebelled and I feel like that like actually really really showed his anger and how his thoughts really were no yeah exactly Um, then they all had to um they all had to um get onto the train to go to the it wasn't a concentration camp it was a german village right what was the name of that place no i think the last place they stopped at was a concentration camp they stopped at a um german village in the middle of it oh yeah you're right and um they stayed they stay at that place for a few days, um, you know, starving and no no food, no water. And everyone was just um, just trying to survive because when they threw the pieces of bread inside of the train, you know, people were fighting over it. Um, a son killed his father, I think, over that one piece of bread. So it was it was really hard to read that. Yeah, that part was actually really interesting. Wasn't that when his father died as well? Or was that when he was, like, near death? Um, was later on. Yeah, that, uh, that train part, I don't uh, exactly remember, but I think it said um, out of the 100 people that were in that certain train car, I, th- I want to say it was only 12 yeah, it was twelve. I okay. Remember. Yeah, twelve survived, and so that that was really um that was really crazy for me to read. And they they put one hundred one hundred people per each um car, right? Yeah. And eighty eight of them died. And then... I think going towards like the end of the book. He, like, grew a lot, but, like, he has changed mentally as well, a ton. And 
I think throughout the book, we it just shows like how much he has grown and what everything he's been through. I can't really remember like how it exactly ended, but within the three last chapters, it was really interesting to see how he just didn't care that his father died, how he just like basically survived for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to the topic of the train, I, I was reading over it again, and it said both the father and son were killed. So that was when um, Ellie was 16 years old, so he witnessed that right next to him. And I, like, going off of what Reagan said, I think that was, like, a big turning point as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm looking at the end of the chapter for the very last one, and I believe that's where his like father died. And it, the very yeah. few sen- the very few last sentences were the from the depths of the mirror, a corpse was complimenting me, and the look in his eyes as he gave me has never left, and he was talking about himself. I really do think, like watching his father die, just like killed whatever mentality or hope he had left. So, that's just an interesting way to end it. I wonder what would happen. Yeah, because his father was his father was calling his name while um while uh, they were while he was trying to go to sleep, but um I, he just couldn't keep up with his father. And when he woke up in the morning, his father his father's body was gone, and he prayed, well, hoped that he, that he wasn't taken to uh to a crematorium and I read that he he said that he couldn't cry which disturbed him as you know a person he's just we're gonna keep saying it he's just numb to the point where he doesn't feel it yeah I was just about to bring up the quote um where he said that he couldn't cry bring it up bring it up okay so he said um let's see he said, quote, I did not weep, but and it pained me that I could not weep, but I was out of tears, and deep inside me, if I could have searched the recesses of my feeble conscience, I might have found something like, free at last. So, that very last sentence, in a way, I think he's saying that uh, he feels free of the burden that his father became, uh, because towards the end of it, he was super weak and and it was really hard to keep going and i think that uh he feels bad saying that you know his father was a burden to him mm-hmm. but at the same time he's kind of uh conformed to how the camp works uh where you can only look after yourself and you learn to not care about anybody else mm, yeah that that carries on into the next chapter mm-hmm. also because they were staying at the other camp Bush and Wald is that is that how you say it uh yeah, that sounds right <laughs> yeah um he was staying at Bush and Wald for a couple of months and during those months he said that nothing had mattered to him and that um he thought he was going to die because the Germans were going through with their promise to to liquidate them. 
which basically means to just kill every single one of them and not worry about, you know, how fast they are or how strong, how much strength they have left or anything. Yeah, and what you just said about how uh, they were all afraid that Hitler was going to liquidate all of them. Uh, I found a quote on page... So it's kind of in between 80 and 81, like it's on both pages. And so this is when he's in, uh, his foot was just operated on. And the person next to him is talking about how um, Hitler's going to annihilate all of the Jews. And so he gets really mad at this person. And he's like, why, you know, why would you say that? And then the, the person turns to him and says, quote, I have more faith in Hitler than in anyone else. He alone has kept his promises, all his promises to the Jewish people. And so I think that also shows just how, you know, how broken all of the people are um, because they have more faith in Hitler, whose goal is to kill them all than they do in themselves or in God or in anything. Yeah, and their families also, because most of the families at that point were separated. And... um him and I think one other um, group earlier in, in the chapters, they were the only, they were one of the few groups that stood together through the whole thing. But, you know, his father had died and they took him away. So he wasn't one of, one of those anymore. Yeah, going back to what Wyatt said, I really did think that was probably the most interesting thing I read throughout these last few chapters because... Hitler's main goal is to kill them all, and the fact that they rely most of their hope on him is kind of crazy. And um, it was just sad at that point. Um, they said that they would blow up the camp after all of the prisoners were being removed. I remember that, but um, they got lucky because the Americans came and saved them in the last few pages of the book. Yeah, and at the same, yeah. uh, on the same page as the quote we just read about uh, Hitler and, and all of that, uh, at this point, they're getting kind of kind of excited because the Russians are getting really close and uh, they think that the Russians are going to liberate the camp. Um, But even they don't even have faith in that anymore because uh, they've just completely lost all hope. Yeah. And the Americans got there before them. So um, I didn't, I think they did. Because I I just read of the tanks of um, during the night the tanks were there at the at the gates and everyone was given food and water. Oh yeah, I missed that. I guess. Does anyone have anything else to say? No, I'm pretty sure we covered it all. Yeah, me too. But, um, oh, yeah, one more thing that was in, like, the last page of, of the book. Um, he gets food poisoning and spends um, a couple weeks recovering in the 
hospital of a very um life and death situation that he was in and um when he was better walking around and he saw himself he saw himself in the mirror he said that he saw a corpse that it really wasn't him and that that vision has stayed with him in his head forever yeah what do you think he was talking about when he was talking about a corpse that was looking at him? Um, just symptoms of, um, you know, starvation. You know, his eyes had huge bags around them. He was super skinny. Um, he could see all the bones in his arms. I think he was, and, like, meant, like, looking at himself and, like, saw that he was just not him anymore. Like, I think what he saw was a different person from what he was years ago. I mean, that's just my opinion, that, like, the old person was dead, and now, like, he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, I agree. When I read that, I thought he was talking about, about like, the human part of him that died during the camps. Yeah, I think it's definitely both. Like, there is a physical aspect to it. Like, he literally is almost a corpse, and there's also the mental and emotional part of it. He's a completely different person. Or I think like a shell of who he was before all of this. And I think that's also kind of what it means by a corpse. Yeah, and um, the story started in um, when did when did he first get the news? Like way back in the beginning when they were going to be sent to a camp like what year you mean or yeah this it it was the spring of 1944 so that means that he was he spent about two years going through concentration camps One to the other. I don't remember what age he started at, but I just know he ended, like, everything ended by the age of 16. Yeah. He started at 15. Yeah. So, one year in the concentration camps. And if you really think about that, like, that's, like, not that long. Like, if I pulled up a picture for, of me, like, a year ago, and then a, one of me today, like, I don't. There's not a big difference. So for like him to feel that big of a change is really sad. Mm -hmm. He's still just a kid too. Yeah. 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 And he like lost everything. Yeah. A kid who lost his father to his family, everything. It's hard to imagine what they would have gone through because we obviously won't know. Uh, yeah, we won't we won't ever know how the how they were feeling during those times. Yeah. But uh, questions that we're supposed to answer uh, after wrapping up the book and giving a review, would we recommend it to anyone? I would. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I thought that it was a really good book and it was really good on like the aspect of just like informing people about what 
happened and like how he thought about it and what what he went through so um it was and um it was i could say it was hard reading it you know having to hear everything that they were doing to them and um everything that was said and all the PTSD that they must be experiencing now um it's i would definitely recommend it to somebody you know as um not as like a precaution but just so that something like this never happens again yeah, I think it's a good book because it makes you think. Like, we've had some really good discussions about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that uh, what, what you were just saying, it's good that we all read this so that we know, you know, what happened and uh, hopefully learn from it so that we don't make the same mistakes and do the same things. Yeah, I agree. The next question is, is have you learned anything from reading this book? Personally, I really didn't know anything of the Holocaust, so I learned a lot. Um, for me, um, I learned more because um, I, I had a Holocaust survivor come to my middle school and um, he talked about his experiences during the during the concentration camps, um, he told me a, a lot about it. But reading this book, I also learned a, a lot more and about how how fast that the Nazi soldiers were allowed to snap and basically shoot anybody, kill anybody that they sounded like they wanted to at that point. Yeah. So. I knew, you know, just basics about the Holocaust, like what, in general, what happened. But this was the first, like, first-hand account that I've read, somebody who actually went through it. And so that was really, um, really interesting to, to read for me. Yeah. So the last question... Are there instances in this book that you can draw parallels to today? What do you guys think? What does parallels mean? Like something that relates to to today's okay. current events. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, during the like the beginning of the book, we talked a lot about how a lot of people were getting beat up, whether they were old, young, anything. And I remember how we connected that to a lot of things that are going on right now. Oh, yeah, like the riots. I remember that. And, yeah. Yeah. And also the Armenian genocide where 1.5 million people died in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And... That's what I have. Yeah, um, there was also another genocide in Africa during during the nineties, the the Rw- Rwandan genocide. Um, I forgot the two um, tribes that were involved in it, but one of the tribe's leaders were killed, and they killed um, a 
approximately like one tenth of the other tribes natives. I think it was no. It was the Hutu versus the Tutsi clan. And they were going at it and it was huge back in the early two thousands. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from this book is how we keep as you know uh as humans we keep making these same mistakes and doing these same things because there are a bunch of examples that we can uh that we can see today and like you were saying in the past 20 30 years of these same types of things happening yeah we're not thinking straight um ethical wise we're not thinking you know this person or these people are losing their families in front of them these people are watching babies getting slaughtered in front of them like like do you know how messed up that is and like i don't think in today's current events there are many people no i don't think anybody in today's current events would think about doing that unless they're you know, a psychopath. No, I agree. But also, we didn't really expect for any of these other events to happen. So it will be interesting if something, well, not interesting. It'll be sad. I don't know what word to actually describe it, but it'll be something if it actually happens again. Yeah. And I feel like during this time, um, other countries, if it, ever does happen god forbid it uh genocide happens again that countries and their allies will be there to help them sooner rather than later does that conclude our final podcast yeah i think it does what they wanted to say Yeah, I think yes. I think that's it. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming tonight and I hope everything is okay after this podcast. I hope we don't have another genocide. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the discussions and the time that we've put into this. Bye guys. Thank you. Thank you.